The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're the man. That was fun. Yeah. Good luck with the bets. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'll be thinking of you, you during all those events now. Oh, and you'll be, I'll be sitting in my living room with my stopwatch on my phone out timing that <laughs> national anthem. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that gives you your Super Bowl preview and also teaches you a little bit about sports gambling so you can become a degenerate like us. I'm your host, Nate, and this is our last podcast before the Super Bowl where we will discuss the Los Angeles Rams squaring off against the hated New England Patriots in Super Bowl 53 and a few cool Bills topics as always. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, it's been a long season, but can you finally believe we're uh, at the Super Bowl? Go Bills! Long season. The season flew by, and when you say we're at the Super Bowl, we are watching the Super Bowl on our TVs like everybody else, Nate. (laughs) That's okay, because we have a special guest on today. He's our local draft expert that came on last season when we talked in depth about Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds before they were drafted and gave us a lot of insight into some college prospects. And now he comes on to talk some overall and uh, fun uh, Super Bowl props bets with us. So we're joined by Zach Sheets. Zach, welcome back to the podcast, man. Thanks for coming on and uh, and educating us at the finer points of sports gambling. No problem, Nate. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, first thing, real quick, I recorded a podcast last week um, while I was on vacation in Florida. And uh, that's not a humble brag, by the way. That's just I just happened to go there at that time when it was crappy up here. But um, I just got to say real quick, and a lot of Bills fans have pointed this out traveling lately, is that Bills fans are everywhere. It's crazy. I mean, it's never more apparent, like, except when you're traveling somewhere. So, like, for example, like, we were flying back from Florida, and one of the flight captains let my three-year-old son into the cockpit after a flight based on, like, just the strength of his Bills cat. He was, like, coming up, and, you know, my son was like, hi, and he's just like, oh, nice Bills hat. You want to see the cockpit, son? You know, (laughs) 
ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. So you got to go in, see some of the dials and stuff like that, and it was, it was pretty cool. Anyways, <laughs> question of the day, as we always do on the podcast, question of the day has to do with the Rams-Saints game last week and also a very memorable play in Bill Sports history. So I posted this question on Twitter. What was a worse non-call in the NFL playoffs in general? Was it the Saints, New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Rams, NFC Championship, no pass interference call, where basically um, a Saints receiver went up with two minutes left, less than two minutes left in the in the game, and he got leveled by a Rams cornerback, ex-Bills, um, Nicole, Nicole Roby Coleman, and there was no pass interference call, which basically ended up extending the game and losing them the game? Or is it the Music City Miracle? So, I mean, just in general, obviously, I posted this uh, on Twitter as a, as a Bills podcast account, and I follow a lot of Bills fans. We have, obviously, a lot of Bills fans followers. And um, I just thought it was interesting because we have something to kind of compare it to as Bills fans. We have something that we've dealt with, and we have something very recent that was just seemed to be like a bad call. So it's a matter of what do we think is the worst one as NFL fans, as Bills fans. So, John, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, putting my unbiased hat on, I, I would say the Saints call was worse. Um, the The Bills call was reviewed. Um, the Saints call couldn't be reviewed and was much more blatant. I mean, not only was it interference but it was a it was a, a helmet to helmet i mean they find them afterwards so even even at that it should have been a penalty um and it was an nfc championship game as opposed to wild card game so I, i'd have to go with the saints call that's totally wrong that's totally wrong not even as a bills fan right it's hard to prove a negative in the sense of that was on, on every play, you can call a penalty. Now, that one was more egregious than most, certainly. But the nature of the game, it's so subjective. Um, for there not to be a penalty there, the Saints was, the Saints still had the rest of the game and then overtime to win it. The Bills' play ended the game and was definitively the wrong call. The Saints still had had the advantage and all, all the time they needed to win that game. If they were the superior team, they could have come out and won. The Bills were just robbed. That that injustice is, John, you're totally wrong. <laughs> so one th- one thing one thing I can say real quick in my two senses is that even though th- I think the Saints Rams game had more implications to the Super Bowl, obviously it was the NFC Championship. The Bills might have won that game, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they go to the Super Bowl like the Tennessee Titans did. So from a a, a standpoint of how important this game was. I mean, it was a wild card game versus an NFC championship game. And uh, real quick, we, do we all agree that that was a forward pass? Zach, do you, do you think that was a forward pass as well? I know you're, you're actually not a bills fan. You're a 49ers fan. So you kind of have a, a little bit of an unbiased, like we do. Was that a forward pass to you? I don't believe it was a forward pass. All right, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) You looked at the tape. It doesn't matter where the guy who is throwing the ball throws it from. It, it matters where he releases it from. So he released it just on the front side of the 25-yard line, and that's where Dyson came back to catch it, just on the front side of the 25-yard line, if you look at those freeze frames. <sighs> I think it was it, it was either it was either barely forward, not forward at all, or barely backward. 
Mm-hmm. I can say that with certainty. It wasn't one. It wasn't egregious. One. Whereas the call in the Rams Saints game was probably one of the most egregious missed calls I've ever seen in my life. If the refs make that call, the Saints can run the clock out and kick the field goal with no time left. Also, the Bills in the Bills game, all they had to do was make a tackle. If they stay in their lane to make the special teams tackle, the game's over, whether it's a forward pass or not. I think that the the, the Saints player literally had no chance to make that play after the interview. So I think that the more the most egregious one was by far the Rams Saints game. Not even taking into account the fact that one was the NFC Championship and the other one was a wild card game. Right. I agree 100%. <laughs> All right. And I know and I know that's an unpopular opinion because I'm on a Bills podcast, but <laughs> there we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all hate you, just so you know. So no. It's kind of good every once in a while to get a, a person that's not a strict Bills fan because I don't know. I still see that. So we watched a YouTube video right before that, right before this mm-hmm. podcast, and we all looked at it. So it's funny how four people can see the same thing and then just take different things from it. But I, I guess I can see some the thing about the Music City Miracle, not to rehash it for the one millionth time, was that um because it was called it wasn't called um illegal um lateral, which I guess they would have had to blown the call dead at the point at that point. But when they review it, you need um sufficient or what is it? What is the evidence that you need like Clear and irrevertible evidence. Yeah, exactly, to overturn it. And even looking back at that, there wasn't that, and there was never going to be that. So if it had been called right to begin with as, as, a, as a forward pass, or is what we believe is, is the right right call. Yeah, right in quotes. In quotes. Go ahead. Yeah, they, they had to let it go. They, they had to let the play continue because that's what the refs should do in that case. But I don't know. There, there wasn't indisputable evidence, and, and um, there was never going to be, unless the guy was – you know, pitching it from the 25 back, you know, up to the 30, you know, like they were not going to overcall it. However, I always thought that the Saints Rams one was just that much worse just because, I mean, it was completely blatant. I don't think anyone watching that game was like, uh, it was kind of iffy, you know, like I think, I think we all try to be as objective as possible. And as, as Bills fans, we don't have a dog in a fight. So I don't know. I was kind of, I, I, I wanted the Saints to win, but I was like, how do you not call that? Like that was, there should have been two. There was someone right there too. There was like at least one referee right there. So, so oddly enough. So, do you do you guys have anything else you want to add to that? I think I think removing. We'll step back from this two specific the, the plays that we're talking about. You brought up something that I think continues to be a problem in the NFL in the sense of the referees want to let the play continue when they're not sure, right? But then the amount of evidence you need to overturn that call on the field, it, it, it seems like the the evidence needed is not conducive to the, the plan. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like yeah. it should be, you should just go to the video irrespective of the play on the field. If it's going to be reviewed in something that we're just, we're just letting go to see how it plays out. Cause we don't really know. It should then go completely to the film, like whichever preponderance we think. If it's 51, that's the way we go. Yeah. We, we're not just going to let it stand because we we felt we had to let the play continue. So even if they, they should still let the play go is what you're saying, but the evidence needed to overrule it shouldn't be completely like 
you know, like innocent until proven guilty sort of thing where you just need to, you need to prove it. It was the exact the default shouldn't exactly the default shouldn't be, Oh, we let it go on the field. That's the default. And it has to be clear evidence to overturn that. It should then go to 51%, whatever we think is the best call. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It doesn't have to be like a complete. Yeah. The jury doesn't have to be, you know, anonymous or not anonymous, <laughs> unanimous. That's what I meant. So, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. So we got we got screwed by this stupid rule book or this rule in the rule book that we couldn't avoid, essentially. But anyway, so so what's funny <laughs> about this is like I think a lot of people. So three out of four of us kind of think the Saints Rams no pass interference call was more even as Bills fans like we can, you know, three out of the four of us are. It actually, when I put this vote up to Twitter, 946 people voted. It was 61% in favor of the Music City uh, miracle being a forward pass, which I was kind of surprised at. Even though I know that they're Bills fans, I just thought that that was just like so – the Saints-Rams pass, no pass interference call was just so obvious that people – I'm like, ah, let's just see what happens. Like I think it's going to be like 90-10, right? Like no, it's completely in the other direction. So, but a lot of people. There's a lot of wisdom in crowds, is I guess what I would say. That's just got to show you how big of Bills fans you have on this yeah. on this mountain, yeah. I guess. Did they even get the ball back in the second in the in the overtime? They did, didn't they? Yeah, Breeze threw a pick. His arm got hit. Ah, yes. And they went down and kicked people on the Rams. Ah, yeah. So they they did have a chance to do it. And that was that was. Um, I'm not even gonna try to do these. These Twitter handles, I'll just tag you in the podcast notes. But um, uh, someone wrote the forward pass was reviewable and was reviewed, and they still got it wrong. Um, another guy wrote, um, Cody Miller wrote, I'm trying to be bipartisan, so I will I will say the PI. It was absolutely clear. The Music City miracle is at least arguable. Um, Tommy C. writes, trigger for us Bills fans, but the Saints' non-call was blatantly obvious. Not to mention one of the wild card. Uh, one was a wild card game. The other was a conference championship. No comparison when you take out emotions, which uh, which is interesting. So it's funny because a lot of comments are for the Saints, yet a lot of the voting was not for the Saints. Um, someone wrote the uh, Bills and Met fan wrote uh, Music City robbery because it's personal. And you know what's funny is uh, is when people on Twitter like tag other Titans fans in a post. So then these guys start going at it in my timeline. <laughs> So eventually we got some Titans fans coming out like, uh, like seriously, how many scientific reenactments and measurements you people have to see to make you understand while it may have been a matter of inches, it was a backwards pass releases it two inches in front of the line and catches it on the line. PI was obvious and a super something, a Super Bowl call. Oh, the PI was obvious and a Super Bowl call for the Saints. That's what he meant. Um, I don't know if there's been any scientific reenactments. Has there like, I've seen one done on like Madden, (laughs) But I think I saw one on ESPN like many, many, many years ago, and I think it showed that it was a backwards pass by however much, but oh, really? I don't know the details of that. Well, let me tell you something. Ranting Ron on Twitter, like just this must be his like really it's it's gotta be a sore spot for him as a Bills fan because not only did he send images, still images of the of the pictures of Frank Wycheck throwing it back. To um, to was it Kevin Dyson? Was that who it was? Kevin Dyson. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Dyson. He shows still shots, but then he also sent um an article from Adam Schefter of ESPN, 
where Adam Schefter basically writes that he was there that day as part of, I think the, I think he was working for the Denver Post at the time, and he was there right at the 25-yard line on the sidelines watching that play happen, and he said it's one of the most like egregious like like things that he's ever seen in the NFL, whereas he maybe the technology didn't exist or the cameras didn't exist in the right location and they didn't get the right angle. He's like, but where he was standing, right at the 25-yard line, He's like, it was clearly a forward pass. So I thought that was really cool. Thanks to Ranting Ron for sending that. But um, but yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty uh pretty crazy for us Bills fans. And and uh and I actually had I, I tweeted something earlier about this this week. Russ Z wrote, um, he wrote, Whoa, 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 not even close to it. Breeze still had a chance to come back and win. They also blew the lead. This is getting way out of hand. <laughs> so I got some interesting points on both sides. I don't know. The Music City miracle still hurts, but I, I don't know. For me, it's kind of tough to to say that the Saints didn't get robbed a Super Bowl by that, you know, but, but whatever. We all have our opinions. So let's go on to the next segment of our podcast. One of the main reasons I brought Zach on, and it's to um, discuss uh, the Super Bowl odds for this Sunday. So Zach, not only are you like a local NFL draft expert for our podcast, you play a ton of daily fantasy sports like FanDuel, DraftKings, you know a lot about sports gambling um, for a lot of different sports, not just the NFL, which you know a lot about the NFL, but also sports like baseball and golf. Um, is the Super Bowl this Sunday, is it your quote unquote Super Bowl of gambling or do you treat it like any other week in the NFL? I Try and treat like every other week the NFL, but when it comes down to it, somehow I always end up playing a little bit harder because of the Super Bowl and all the props that come with it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things. By the way, real quick, um, I know gambling is not legal in in New York State, but if you'd like to see where we are getting our odds from in this podcast, please DM us on our Twitter account um, at CTW Pod or just message us on our Facebook account, and I can give you the site where we're getting these odds from. Um, Zach, so real quick, there's a lot of people listening. Some might know a ton about gambling. Some might know absolutely nothing about gambling. Um, I'm kind of like more on that side. I know a little bit, <laughs> enough to be dangerous and probably lose money if I had the opportunity. But um, so so they're on any given game. So we're going to talk the overall odds on the Super Bowl right now. On any given game, there are three ways that you can bet a game, Correct like specifically a game. I mean, there's, there's multiple iterations of how to bet one, but like there's three things. There's a spread, the money line and the over under, correct? Correct. So how do, can you explain like real quick? So what's the difference between the spread? What's the difference between the money line? The, what's the difference between the over under? Okay. So the over under on any given game is the total points in the game scored by either, either team combined. So say Patriots, score 30 points and the Rams score 27 points your the over under there would be 57 it's just a combined total mm-hmm. um a money line bet is just betting on a given team to win it doesn't matter by one or by 20 if they win you win now the spread bets are different spread bets are you have to pick a team and if you're picking the favorite, they have to win by a certain amount of points. So right now, as it stands, the Patriots right now are the favorites in the Super Bowl by two and a half. So that would mean if you pick the Patriots to win the game, they would need to win by three or more points. Now, if you pick the Rams, the Rams you would pick plus three or plus two and a half. I'm sorry. And 
that would mean that the Rams either outright win or the Patriots could win by one point or two points, and your Rams plus two and a half bat would still win. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, like, so the spread, the difference between like the money line and the spread is that money line, you're just picking a winner, but, um, because you don't take a spread into account, like your winnings are less, right? So like, I mean, unless you pick like the underdog, right? If you pick the underdog, your the amount that you can win would be more in a spread bet. Mm-hmm. In a money line bet, it's usually your the the favorite is a heavier favorite, and therefore your payout would be less for the favorite than the underdog. Okay, so so right now, for example, um, I'm seeing the New England Patriots as a minus one fifty. In the money line. So if you're betting a hundred, how does that work? So if you're betting a hundred hundred dollars, you win fifty, or how does that work? So it's basically like if you bet a hundred dollars, or you would have to bet a hundred and fifty dollars on the Patriots to win a hundred. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you bet a hundred and fifty bucks and they win, you would get two hundred and fifty back. Your original one hundred and fifty bet plus the hundred that you win. Okay. Gotcha. So the Rams being plus one twenty five in the money line. You bet a hundred and you win hundred and twenty-five. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And this spread basically, um, so it's minus two and a half. If you take the Patriots at minus two and a half and they win, you know, by three or more, then you win roughly exactly what you put into it. So if you bet a hundred dollars, you win a hundred dollars, right? Roughly. Um or no, it's a little I think bit different. They're what, minus one ten? Oh, I think. Yeah. I, I or see minus one five. Yeah, I see minus one twenty, but Maybe oh yeah. So if you bet a hundred bucks on that, then you win um, one twenty. Or no, if you bet one twenty, I'm sorry. If you bet one twenty there, you win a hundred. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. So that still takes into account the minus and the plus, even between money line yep. and spread. Gotcha. Yeah. Are there times that you just go money line over spread or over under, or how do you normally attack these things, or does it depend on on on, on the game? It definitely depends on the game. Um, what I normally do is a little bit more in depth. Um, I do something called a teaser, and a teaser allows you to adjust the money or the spread and the over numbers based on how many points you're buying, basically. So what I try and do is say what I have actually. Well, I don't know if I should be talking about this, but what I've actually done already was the opening line for this game when it first came out last weekend was the Patriots were one-point underdogs. So they were plus one, and the over-under was 57. So what I did was I teased those lines. So the Patriots opened at plus one. I teased it to Patriots plus seven. I took the over-under number of 57 and teased it down to over 51. Okay. Is that clear? Do you want me to explain it a little more? No. So what I what I'm getting from you is that like a teaser, you have to bet both the over under and the spread. You can't just do one or the other, correct? Correct. So you, in order to do a teaser, a six point teaser is what you're doing. You're not only teasing the spread one way or another and picking a side, and then you're yep. you're teasing the over under one way and then picking a side, right? Yes. So obviously, like thinking your thought is. The the at that t- at that time the over under was fifty seven. You think it's going to be high to begin with, so tease it down to fifty one six points, yep. and and bet the over because and bet the, the over basically is what you're doing. Yeah, gotcha. you're hedging your bets both way. So then this one bet becomes like equal to either doing a spread or an over under. This six point it's, teaser. 
it's really close. Mm-hmm. It, it's not exactly equal, but it's pretty close. But you have to win both too, obviously. Yes. So okay, gotcha. Have, okay, so so you bet the spread. So you had the Patriots. You thought the Patriots were going to win. They were a minus one. So you bet them to like plus five or whatever, right? So they were plus one. Oh, they were plus one. Oh, what? I bet them to plus seven. They were plus one at one point. Wow, they were one point dogs. They were one point dogs, and by the time that line got put out to the public, within two hours, the Patriots weren't dogs anymore. Oh, jeez, yeah. People hammered that line when it first came out. Yeah, gotcha. How often do you ever see the lines move like that? Um, Normally, Vegas gets it really, really close to being right, and you don't see, like, three or more point swings like that. It's usually a point here, a point there, half a point, half a point. It's not usually, like, a huge swing like that. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So, so needless to say that you definitely think the Patriots are winning this game, correct? Yes. Okay. That's pretty. Mike, John, I know I, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. You Do you guys agree with that, or are you guys kind of open to thinking maybe the Rams can somehow pull this off? I agree with it, but I'm hoping the Rams pull it off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to agree, right? It pains you to say it as a Bills fan, but you're probably looking at the best coach and the best quarterback. Certainly in tandem together in NFL history. So it's hard to bet against the Pats. Well, it's easy when you cheat. (laughs) So it was, so we're all, I mean, well, at least John, Mike and all the Bills fans and I are hoping that the Rams somehow pull it off. But I mean, geez, I, I don't know how you, like Mike said, how do you go against the best coach and the best quarterback by far? I mean, I don't know if Sean McVay, has Sean McVay even been to a Super Bowl? I don't think he has, has he? Like even as an assistant, I think he played, he was with the Redskins and, yeah, this is this is not this is not conducive. The Super Bowl, all of these games really tend to favor, I feel, the the coaching staff and teams that just have the most experience. And the Patriots were literally just here last year. So like I think I saw thirty six of the fifty three players on the roster were here from last season. So I, I don't know how the you Rams go against have them. Four. What's that? The Rams have four players that have played in a Super Bowl before. In general, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so even, even if the odds right now are minus two and a half, you still take, I mean, the Patriots being minus two and a half, you still take the Patriots on that one. If you had to go straight up spread. Yes. And over under being now it's 58. Do you still think that's an over? Or do you think that that is a possibility? It's kind of close because I think 58 is actually the exact score that the Patriots and Rams had in the Super Bowl they played back like 10 years ago, I think. Um, So, I mean, I could see that going easily going over. I think this game is going to be a shootout, but 58 is a lot of points. Is that the highest, you know, of any Super Bowl? I'd decide I'd probably pick an o- the over still because I don't like to bet unders. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I mean, I guess, I get, you know, I'm trying to think of, in general, for the game. I mean, the only way to beat Tom Brady, in my opinion, and I don't know if you guys have any different thoughts on this, the only way to beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl is number one, pass rush, especially pass rush up the middle. And then number two is to, like, because that's, that's how the Giants basically beat him twice, was pass rush, having an amazing defensive line. And the only other way to beat him that has been done in the Super Bowl was last year when the Philadelphia Eagles outscored him. They just simply outscored him. They, their offense was just that amazing. So um, as far as any stats that go into that, the Rams were ranked 15th in sacks this season, which does not bode well for 
number one I just stated about being pass rush. And then the other thing is the Rams did score the second most points in this in the league this season. So it is possible that maybe they can outscore them if they can't get a good pass rush. But um, I guess I don't really feel confident. Zach, I know you watch a ton more NFL football than we do. Do you think there's a possibility with Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald that they can get pressure up the middle against the Pats by any chance? Or do you think that it's just a 15th ranked, you know, pass rushing defense going against, you know, the New England Patriots? No, Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue are going to play huge roles in this game. If they can't get to Brady, the game's over. Okay. Um, they're definitely going to double Aaron Donald. And that teams have been doing that the entire postseason. It hasn't mattered. But Indomitian Sue just started showing up. So he needs to play really, really well this weekend for them to have a shot. So we talked about um, the Super Bowl in general. We talked about Super Bowl odds and betting that way. What do you think? Um, one of the fun, cool things about Super Bowl betting, in my opinion, are the Super Bowl prop bets. Now, it wasn't until I found this site that if people want to find out about, they can DM me again. Um, but if, but if um, it wasn't until I looked at this set that I realized how many thousands and thousands of Super Bowl prop bets there are from from anything like I know you and I have talked before about like the coin toss, which way that's going to go versus the national anthem length and stuff like that. I mean, what are some prop bets that you normally take a look at and, and are fun to bet on? Okay, so I have like two areas here. I have props that I normally look at and try and bet that are somewhat scientific. And then I have other props in this game, like the coin toss and the length of the national anthem and what color Gatorade the winning team douses the coach in. (laughs) You could literally bet on all this, and I normally do in the Super Bowl just because it's fun. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I have a couple props that I really like on both sides, actually. Okay. Um, Right now, the number that I have is I really like the Gronk over three and a half receptions for the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a minus 165 favorite. I have Greg Zerline over eight and a half total points in the game. So extra points and field goals. Field goals are obviously three. Okay. Um, And then I like... Todd Gurley to score a first half touchdown, and that's a plus one eighty five dog. What? Yeah. Wow. I saw that tonight, and I was like, I need to jump on that for sure. The Patriots have a good rush defense, or um, yeah, good running defense, or anything. They don't, do they? They're not terrible. Not terrible. I just can't imagine. I mean, Gurley against the Saints had five touches okay. total. I can't imagine that Sean McVay is not going to want to get him going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as opposed to sticking with C.J. Anderson, who. No offense to him, but he's not Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> There's very few <laughs> running backs in the NFL like Todd Gurley. So that's that's not an insult. That's not an insult. Um, no. And um, then I got a couple. Um, I have a couple MVP bets that I like. I mean, Brady for MVP if the Patriots win. He's minus 110. He's the overall favorite, but minus 110 is not a bad price there. And then Gurley is almost 12 to 1 for MVP. Oh, wow. So I'm, I, I might sprinkle a little bit of, of cash on that one, too, just so, in case. So, like, in general, so if you bet $110, you win 100 for Brady winning MVP, right? That's yep. that's that's not bad at all. So so would you basically, like, give me an example. So you want to hedge your bets. You want to bet on both of those. What's the way to do it? Do you put, like, 
10 bucks on one and 10 bucks on the other and just see, or would you put like a hundred on Brady winning the MVP and like 10 on Gurley just for shits and Yeah, that's probably how I would do it. I mean, I wouldn't sprinkle. I like, I like to bet long shots, but I'm not going to put heavy money on long shots to hit. Mm -hmm. And 12 to one is a pretty big long shot. I mean, I think as you've seen with most Super Bowls, the, the MVP is normally the quarterback unless something crazy happens, which is why Gurley has such long odds. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So you so you told us some of the scientific ones. I mean, do you have any more that you like that are scientific out of that group? Um, those, are your, those, are your, those are your favorites. Yeah, those are definitely my favorites right now. I mean, I haven't, like you said earlier, there's literally thousands of props <laughs> to bat. Yeah. And I haven't taken too deep of a dive yet. Because I mean, we're recording this. It's Monday night, so I have some some time still. Mm-hmm. But then I have a couple other ones that are interesting, to say the least. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the Patriots are the away team, so they're going to be calling the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Always calls heads. He calls heads because his dad always used to call heads when he played in the NFL, and we're was calling the coin toss. He's been on a heater calling heads. So yeah. I think I'm rolling with Matthew Slater and I'm going to bet heads. Wait, wait, what? Have you, have you not ever heard tails never fails? I oh, feel like buddy, <laughs> I'm a huge proponent of tails never fails, but you never, you never go, go against somebody when they're on a heater. You just don't do it. Okay. Well, maybe, he, <laughs> maybe that means he's due. See, I don't gamble enough. Does it mean that he's due to, to, to finally miss one? Well, according to the law of the probability, it's 50% every time. Every time. Whatever, John. We don't need your... So it's like so it's like if you're playing roulette and you would be like, oh, blacks came up six times in a row. It's got to be red on the next one, right? <laughs> yeah, wasn't it you that told me specifically never to go based on what that board says? Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> so this yeah. Yeah, that was me. This is exactly you in the casino. You're seeing Matthew Slater, and then you're seeing all black on the one side. <laughs> right next to his name and you're like well obviously the next ball has got to be black there's no way it can be red or double zero uh so cool right, if I, I was if i was betting that every time and it was going black 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 every time i would obviously continue to bet black until it's red yeah. but that's just because i'd be on a heater <laughs> yeah exactly exactly man you know enough about gambling casino gambling and sports gambling I, i'm gonna trust your judgment on this one okay so that was a fun one so you say heads for the the coin toss. coin toss and then okay so what's another fun one okay gladys knight is singing the national anthem from gladys, gladys knight, knight and the pimps yeah she is a little bit on the older side um i've done a bit of research watch some youtube clips of her singing god bless america and other events <laughs> she kind of likes to draw it out a little bit okay. i was surprised okay uh the over under is 108.5 seconds Wow. So one minute and 28 and a half seconds. I'm going to, I'm leaning to the over on that one. Wow. I think she's going to go over a little bit. She's going to take the moment in that she's singing that national anthem at the Super Bowl and she's going to enjoy it a little bit. Oh, yeah. You don't want to rush that, right? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what? I think I'm leaning over on the length of the national anthem right now. Uh-huh. And then. Wait, wait, real quick, when you normally, yep. I think you normally bet that every year, don't you? The national anthem. Yes. Does it normally go longer or is it, or does it depend on the, on the artist? I think it depends on the artist, but in most years, most artists go over. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're just saving the moment, 
but I'll take that money all day. <laughs> okay. okay, cool. Cool. What, what What's another? I like that one. What's another one? And then the one more that I had, which I found really, really interesting, is that the Gatorade, the Gatorade bath that the coaches take, there was the favorite is no Gatorade bath, which, I mean, I guess I could see that if it's Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but, but, I mean, he's gotten Gatorade bath before, mm-hmm. and there's no way Sean McVay won't if yeah. they win. Oh, yeah. So no Gatorade bath was the favorite, and then clear was the next favorite. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Yellow green is three and a half to one. You can get three and a half to one on your money for yellow green. I think that that's a, that's a bet I'm going to make. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Clear. Does Gatorade even make clear? (laughs) No, I think, I think they just mean water. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a way to like bet every other color, but nothing like, could you bet the field against nothing? You know what I mean? Or would you just have to bet every single color also? Yeah, you'd probably have to bet every single color. Okay, darn it. <laughs> okay. But no, those are those are just a, a few that I've looked at that I've kind of liked. Definitely the the more scientific ones I really like. The other ones are kind of just shots in the dark that I'll I'll throw a little bit on, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hammer that by any means. Mm-hmm. So so you say that you always end up betting a lot more than you normally do. Or like, quote unquote, like if you were to, to gamble, that's what you do. So what yeah. what do you think like about money wise? So like we're talking like for your bets, like if you did $100 on the actual game itself or whatever, the teaser, the six point tease like you talked about, would you be betting like $100 overall on those rest of those prop bets? Or would you do like $50 each one or $10 each one? Like just an example, like how do you how do you spread that out? Um, I normally the the game and prop bets. The game bet that I have, that'll take a majority of my money, mm-hmm. for sure. The scientific props will probably be 30%, 25% of the total that I bet. Mm-hmm. And then the fun ones will be 10% or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I always get to the point where I always bet more than I think I'm going to is because I'll bet the original line when it first comes out, like I did this week. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go down the prop rabbit hole. And once you get to the end of that, you'll look up and you'll be like, probably shouldn't have bet that much money. But then you're riding with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, play money, I'm talking about, not real yeah, money. Play money. Yeah. Yeah. Monopoly money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. Nice. It's good to get in the mind of somebody that actually knows what they're doing and actually has a method to their madness. And obviously, you know, you've been doing it for a little while, at least uh, as a hobbyist watching this stuff for a little while is that you know, you know, exactly what you're doing. So that's kind of cool. Nice, man. Giving, giving me some, some ideas, some, some of the listeners, some things to think about. Um, guys, so Mike, John, I mean, is there, if you were to, to take a look at any of those bets, is there, is there one that you like better than the other prop bet wise? I'm kind of thinking, um, I like the national anthem one. I kind of, if we're going unscientific, I like the national <laughs> anthem. I feel like, like I, Gladys Knight is definitely older, like you said, and she's got to make this count, man. Like she's never, I don't know if she's ever got this much recognition. I, if it wasn't for, you know, us talking about, it, I don't know if I would have remembered her. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember any Gladys Knight and the Pimps songs off the top of my head. Um, but, but yeah, man, you gotta... maybe, maybe she'll be nervous and she rushes it. No. 
Listen, listen, listen. If she's in her 60s, <laughs> she's been doing this for like 40 years, okay? It's not like she's like this junior high school singer. <laughs> yeah, it is a Super Bowl. It might be a little bit nervous, but no. I think I watched her at the U.S. Open. I think she sang at the U.S. Open was the the clip that I saw. Did she do the whole anthem? Or was that God Bless America? She did God Bless America. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I know. That would have made it a little easier if it wasn't an <laughs> anthem. Could have actually sat there and timed it. Well, the thing I don't get about like the one one minute and twenty eight seconds that you were talking about is, do you say it's going to be long? But are they basing that off of like an average national anthem, or are they do they pick that number thinking that she'll go long, and that's why they move it to one twenty eight? Because if that's the case, and they're already and Vegas is already adjusting for her drawing it out, well then, you know, then I might consider the under depending on that, you know. I mean, it's got to be the latter, right? Like Vegas wants equal action on either side. Yes. It's not a function of like there's some absolute number. Just like we talked about the line moving on the pats. They're getting so much action with pats as a favorite. Oh, we got to swing the line back so the Rams to be the favorite so we get equal money on both sides. So I think with the national anthem, they've got to take everything into account and try and I would imagine that could move just like the line. So Yes. So how does that work? Real quick, Zach or Mike, whoever can explain that. How does that work as far as what Vegas Vegas wants equal money on both sides? Is it because if if it's like 90-10 one way and they lose to the 90%, then they owe a ton of money? Is that why? Or what? Yeah, they're trying to minimize their risk. Okay. Because they make, because like, let's say it's 50-50, they still make a cut no matter what. Whether so, like we were talking about it being one to one bets. There's no true one to one bet. Like you bet ten dollars, you're not gonna win ten dollars back. For the most part, you're gonna win like nine dollars back or eight dollars, whatever, yeah. right? So that's yeah. that's their cut, no matter what. Even though the risk is yours. Um, okay. That's why there's a lot of people that when when a favorite is minus one ten, they'll bet one hundred and ten bucks to win a hundred. Like they're trying to pay off or minimize the amount that they're just giving away in that quote unquote rake that they're paying to actually make the bet. Gotcha. Will you be doing any bet hedging? Um, any serious bet hedging this weekend that we didn't discuss earlier? Probably not. <laughs> I'm probably riding. This is the last football game of the year for me. No balls, no blue chips. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool, man. All right, cool. Well, Zach, thanks for coming on. Um, again, um, about gambling, it's not really legal in New York State. But if you'd like to see where we're getting our odds from, what Zach has discussed today, please DM us on our Twitter account at CTW Pod or on our Facebook account, and we'll gladly share the site with you. Um, Zach, where can they find you on Twitter for like? Because you do a lot of takes about general sports and gambling. Where can they find you on Twitter? My Twitter handle is at c a l a x one two, and I that's basically where I'm on. I'm on that all day every day so hit me up whenever you guys want whether you're watching college basketball at like two in the morning or major league baseball or whatever you know it's just yeah you you're the you're my go-to guy for uh like all things (laughs) non-bills just in general (laughs) cool man cool man so all right um guys it's been fun talking to you guys in general good to get together again we'll do another podcast after the super bowl um, to discuss it and give our thoughts on it. Hopefully at that point we're discussing um, what I always like, if you were to gamble, what I always like about betting on the Patriots is that if if they lose, as a Bills fan, you win. 
<laughs> but if they win, then you're just making a smart bet and you're also winning. So like that's the worst is like if you were to bet against them and they end up winning, then you lose twice as Bills fans. But this way, you hedge your bets. That's how I hedge my bets if I were to bet is that <laughs> bet on the Patriots. They lose, then I still win. I don't feel like I'm losing so much. So, hey. I know I know a lot of Jets fans that have that same exact mentality. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've put on some fairly decent bets on the Pats to kind of hedge yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, seems a lot of people make their money back that way, that they might have uh, may or may not have lost uh, during the season this season. So. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, thanks again for talking to us. So, uh, Zach, I know you're not a Bills fan. You're a 49ers fan, so I won't. I'll just let you say uh, – Signing off. Thanks for ha- thanks for coming on. Yeah, Nate. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So for John, go Rams. <laughs> for Mike, go Bills. Next year's coming up quick. Yeah. And for me, Nate, go Rams. Go Bills 2019. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.